0: The Lord be with you. A reading from the Holy Gospel according to Matthew. When the Pharisees heard that Jesus had silenced the Sadducees, they gathered together, and one of them, a scholar of the law, tested him by asking, Teacher, which commandment in the law is the greatest? He said to him, you shall love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul and with all your mind. This is the greatest and the first commandment. The second is like it. You shall love your neighbor as yourself. The whole law and the prophets depend on these two commandments: The gospel of the Lord. Praise to you, Lord Jesus Christ So it's been a pretty dramatic week for Catholics in the news. How many of you heard about what Pope Francis supposedly said? Okay. So you're all wondering, is Father Jason going to talk about this today? Yes, he is. I'm not going to tell you what you should think or what you have to think, because I know that what he said touches on a lot of different issues but I would prefer to motivate you uh, to have a healthy perspective on the Pope himself. I'll come right out and say I'm a big fan of Pope Francis. Because I think he is trying to follow Jesus and the example of Jesus to minister to all people especially those people who find themselves on the fringes of society, if you will. In today's first reading, I think we get a great optic, a great lens, through which to look at Francis and what he's trying to do. And you could say the same thing about Jesus and understanding the mission of Jesus, who said that I came not to call the righteous, but sinners to repentance. And he told that parable about the lost sheep, how he left the 99 in search of the one. In today's first reading, we use this word alien. Okay, that's not such a great translation. A better translation would be foreigner, right? You shall not molest or oppress a foreigner, for you were once foreigners yourselves in the land of Egypt. God speaking to his people, the Israelites. So if you've ever been a foreigner, you know how difficult that can be. When I first moved to Italy, I didn't know Italian, and I didn't know Spanish. All of my classes were taught in Italian, and in the house, they spoke Spanish. So I would say to myself, I feel like a stranger in a strange land. And that's not a very, you know, happy feeling. And I know that we have a lot of Chaldeans here and other ethnic people, I'm sure. You know, so whenever you've moved to a new place and you don't know the language or the customs, that's hard. And so Francis has always had this great interest and compassion for foreigners, For people, for the poor, if you want to just kind of talk about it in very general, broad terms, the poor. But in today's first reading, we have two categories of people in particular that could find themselves on the fringes of society widows and orphans, for example. How many widows do we have here today? Any widows? No? No widows today? Okay. Well, lucky you. (laughs) But as you know, my mom is now a widow of two years, so I certainly have a greater compassion for widows and the struggles that, that they go through. Just as an example, right? So the Pope is always trying to engage these people on the fringes of society, And whenever you do that, it's necessarily going to be messy. It's often going to be misunderstood, misinterpreted. And if you're talking about it, it's easy to be misquoted. Right. So this interview that he gave, I'm not going to go through all of the things that he said or didn't say because he spoke in Spanish, number one. So whatever you read in English... He didn't say it in English, that's for sure. He said it in Spanish. And he was definitely misquoted. And then he was taken out of context. All right? So he's trying to protect people from being simply thrown out of any kind of family life. And he certainly isn't advocating for same-sex marriage. He never has advocated for same-sex marriage. If you look at his track record, he's never, ever advocated for that. And he certainly isn't trying to change church teaching. Okay? You can be sure of that. Well, at least I can be sure of that. (laughs) I feel very good about what he says and what he does because I've read the totality of all of the different things that he has said about a variety of topics. And he's always been very orthodox, very prophetic, in my opinion. And Jesus was a prophet. Jesus had a threefold mission priest, prophet, and king. A threefold mission priest, prophet, and king. And the vicar of Christ is also supposed to be a priest, a prophet, and a king of sorts. But to be a prophet is never a very popular job, if you will. And Jesus himself was often under attack for the things that he said. Even today, if you notice, when the Pharisees heard that Jesus had silenced the Sadducees, they gathered together and one of them, a scholar of the law, tested him By asking. Right? So the the Sadducees and the Pharisees were at odds with each other. They were all Jews, but they didn't agree on certain things. And so, when the Pharisees heard that Jesus had silenced the Sadducees, they were like, well, okay, now we're going to put him to the test. But, they weren't successful as we heard today. He answered their question with great wisdom and he he pretty much put them in their place, you could say. Ah, I'm kicking the cord, sorry. So Jesus himself was under this kind of scrutiny from the left and from the right. And just as we're very familiar these days with fake news, you know, I think it's safe to say that Pope Francis is also going to suffer from fake news. If you've ever been in the news or your family or your community has ever been in the news, you know that oftentimes they don't get it right. I'm not here to pick on or demonize journalists, okay? But the story is often misinterpreted and people are misquoted. Because let's face it, newspapers and the media, they're in the business of selling news and stories and getting people to click on their stories and watch their videos. And so they're necessarily trying to create a kind of controversy, if you will. And the devil himself is all about creating confusion and division. And we have to recognize the spiritual battle, which Francis does. He's actually spoken more about the devil, if I'm not mistaken, than Benedict and John Paul II combined. So Francis is very aware of how the enemy tries to sow division and confusion. So he's going to be misquoted. He's going to be misinterpreted. And I know that can be hard. I had a woman come up to, come up to me after the 9.30 mass at St. Perpetua. And, you know, she was uh, rather distressed about what had been said and done. And I said, hey, I can sympathize with where you're at, but I don't think we should be looking at the Pope in the same way that the Pharisees and the Sadducees were looking at Jesus. In other words, We shouldn't be looking at him with a skeptical, critical eye. Looking at everything he says, like, under a microscope. Especially things that he says in an interview. Because, again, there's even rumors that the tape itself was cut and spliced and put back together out of order. To make it sound like he was saying something else than what he really said. So anyway, those things happen. If you've ever given a TV interview, you know that's what they do. They want the story to say what they want it to say. So anyway, we should ask the Holy Spirit to help us have the mind and the heart of Jesus, to have a a kind of compassion for those people on the fringes of society, so to speak, foreigners of different kinds and to love them with the heart of Christ. Something that's been on my heart a lot this week is just how God sees me and how God sees all of us. That God sees us all with compassion. I go back again to the first reading, and how it ends. If he cries out to me, the foreigner, the alien, I will hear him, for I am compassionate. And that's how God sees all of us. Because in the end, we were all exiled from God because of sin. And we're all sinners, dear brothers and sisters. We're all sinners, and we were all in need of reconciliation, salvation, healing. We're all in need of healing and forgiveness. Some more than others, that's true. But nobody is exempt from sin and what sin does to our minds and our hearts and our bodies. Not only our own sin, but the sin of others committed against us. And people who find themselves on the fringes of society have been victims at times of discrimination, hatred, abuse, neglect of one kind or another. And so God sees them with all of that knowledge and wisdom and understanding, often which we don't have. Oftentimes we lack that. And so we have to ask God to help us with that to give us His eyes and His heart to see and, and, and love in others what He sees and loves in them. And it's not to excuse sinful behavior. It's not to condone sinful behavior. The Pope's never done that. He's never condoned sinful behavior. But he knows that if people, if people are caught, so to speak, in a life of sin that they need help. They need special help. And he's trying to help them. And so should we with our prayers and and our charity in whatever way we can. So let's entrust the church back to God. It's his, right? But let's ask God for unity and charity within the church to protect it. And to pray for the Pope and to pray for Archbishop Vigneron and for all priests and bishops. That we can stand up for the truth, that we can defend the truth, but with charity. And with understanding and compassion. And let's pray that we can all follow in the footsteps of the Good Shepherd. Who has loved us with an everlasting love and who is willing to leave the 99 in search of the one. To bring that one back. To be united with the Father. So let's pray as sons and daughters of our Heavenly Father. That we can all receive His love. His loving gaze. And share that loving gaze with one another. Amen.